Welcome to The Craft, a podcast that shares stories about writing and the writer's spirit. I'm your host, Sumaya Osmani, an author who found belonging from the courtroom to the craft. Join me as I navigate this craft of writing with chats on practical challenges and nurturing the creative spirit. This is The Craft. On this episode, I'm speaking to Malachi Talach, an award-winning author of four books, including the most recent Illuminated by Water, which was shortlisted for the Richard Jeffries Award for Nature Writing in 2022. He has also written other books, including nonfiction and fiction, and he is originally from Shetland, but now lives in Fife. Malachi is also a singer and songwriter, as well as a writing mentor. And on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the benefits of working with a writing mentor, when the right time is to work with a writing mentor, as well as my personal uh, and his personal experiences working with mentors. Now, I should say that Malachi was my mentor when I was writing Andaza, my food memoir, through the Scottish Book Trust. I am really looking forward to this conversation and I hope you love it too. So, Malachi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much. So I'd love to start off by knowing a little bit about your career. Now, I know that um, a long time ago, I think it's about what, about 11 years now, maybe, that you won the New Writers Award. And did that start off your career in writing? Or have you been writing all your life? Um, it's it's a little bit less than that. I think I won it in, in 2014. Um, I had been writing before then I used to write, when I was younger, I used to write poetry. And then I wrote a lot of songs when I was in my teens and in my twenties. Um, but I won that award as I was kind of halfway through getting towards the end of writing my first book, which was a, a work of nonfiction, 60 Degrees North. It's, it's a sort of a travel book stroke memoir. Um, and I've published uh, another three books since then, which have been both nonfiction and a novel. Um, and they're they're all quite different in, <laughs> in some ways. Um, but I think that what ties them together is I'm very interested in place mm -hmm. and the ways in which people feel connected to or disconnected from place. And so all of the four books really have that somewhere at the heart of them about connection to place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I love that about your writing because I think a sense of place is a interesting way to bring people into the writing sphere because I think it's everybody has a connection to sense of place in different ways. And, and would you tell us a little bit about your books and what is the sort of sense of place that you speak about? Is it your childhood, the places where you grew up or places that you discover? So the first book, 60 Degrees North, is, as I said, a, a travel book. Um, structurally, it's a, it's a travel book. So I went to all of the countries that lie at the same latitude as Shetland, where I mostly grew up. So it's 60 Degrees North. So I visited Greenland and Canada, Alaska, Russia, Finland, Sweden, and Norway. And I, in that book, I, I was 
interested in the ways in which people connect to the place where they live and the ways in which they feel or don't feel at home. So this, the subtitle of, of the book is Around the World in Search of Home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the kind of guiding question. What does it mean to feel at home? Um, the second book was The Undiscovered Islands, which was completely different, really, because it's it's a book about places that don't actually exist. It's an illustrated book, and it's about islands that were once believed to be real in one way or another, but which turned out not to be. So some of them are mythical islands. Some of them are places that were mistakes made by um, sailors and explorers and and so on. Um, I then wrote a a novel called The Valley at the Centre of the World, which is uh, about a very small valley in Shetland and the community that lives in that place. So again, it's about a particular community and a particular place, and it's about how the individuals there um, connect to each other and connect to the land that they that they live on. Um, and most recently, I wrote a book about fishing, which I started writing. I mostly wrote during um, the lockdowns and in the, in the pandemic when we were not allowed to go out very much. And so I was thinking about things that I missed doing. And I wanted to write in that kind of dark time. I wanted to write about joy. I wanted to write about something that gave me pleasure. And so I wrote about fishing, which had been a, a hobby of mine since I was very young. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all those wonderful books. And and I love how they're all sort of connected together by that concept of sense of place. That's that's very, very magical. Um, so let's talk a little bit before we go into talking about the topic, which is, you know, about the 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 key things is why me- working with mentors really helps develop a writer. But before that, I think one of the things that a lot of writers, especially new writers who are just getting into the uh, into the craft really struggle with is getting comfortable with their own voice as a writer and i'd love to ask you when you felt comfortable with your own voice and when were you sort of in a space where you felt yes this is my voice and it's not influenced by anybody else it's literally just i can i can sense myself in these words mm, i'm not sure that i ever had that <laughs> sense very strongly. I think what I had for quite some time before I wrote my first book was a sense that I knew how to write good sentences, Um, a a sense that I could see what was wrong with other people's sentences, and I could put words in a particular order that I felt had um, a rhythmical quality, a sonic quality, and that felt good to me. And really, you know, that that is voice, I suppose. The order in which you you put words and the way you um, lay your thoughts out on the page. But to me, it it, it came in that quite um, specific sense of feeling like I knew how to construct a sentence. 
Yeah, and I think that I can I can share this with the listeners that you you were my mentor through the Scottish Book Trust Award, and um, you definitely fixed a lot of my sentences in in a, in a very natural way, which is what I really love, and that's what we're going to talk about when it comes to mentoring. That what you did for my work was that you never actually made any of the sentences that you sh- you know maybe sort of juggled a little bit you never really changed my voice my my authentic voice you actually just made them sound better and they flowed better they sounded definitely more um f- i don't know comfortable to read let's put it that way <laughs> so mm-hmm. so that's what i think you have a real knack of doing that and you do it in a very gentle way and which is why i want to talk a little bit about mentoring and so Malachi, tell me, have you yourself had mentoring done before? Yeah, I have. I, um, you know, I think one of the good things about mentoring is that there are different things that you can do or that a mentor can do um, at, that suit different people at different times. And for me, what I found very useful was just having somebody that I could send a draft and they would write back and say, yep. Yeah, this bit's working, this not so much. Let's have more of this bit and let's have less of that bit. And I worked with a couple of different writers at different points. I worked with um, Esther Wolfson while I was finishing up my first book. And we just had that sort of email correspondence that was, was really helpful. And then when I was writing my first novel, I worked with uh, John Burnside and he was absolutely fantastic. I would I would send him a chapter and he would kind of tell me what was good about it and what was wrong with it. And that just that little bit of nudging really helped me to shape the work as I was going forward with it. Yes, I will. I will resonate that because that's exactly what you did for me. Uh, and although we had a very tight deadline, <laughs> <laughs> but your patience and your energy and your uh, your perseverance with me, uh, I will always thank you for that because I don't think I could have ever done or written Andaza without it. So when was it then you felt that you could mentor other writers, which means obviously editing other people's writing? When when did you feel that you were comfortable to do that? I mean, I I think that part of having a sense of how you make your own sentences better is is being able to see what you think doesn't work in other people's sentences. And so I suppose for a long time, I had that kind of awareness that I could read something of somebody else's and I could think, oh, well, you you turn that bit around and it would sound a bit better or you change the syntax slightly and that the meaning is going to be better or this, this word is weaker than the words around it. So I think that part of gaining confidence yourself as a writer is gaining confidence as a reader and gaining confidence as a reader gives you uh, some ability to to edit i think so that's it's kind of gradually built that confidence um and I, i i should say that i did previously edit as a job i worked as a magazine editor before for five years before i um wrote a a book. So working on other people's words and sentences and paragraphs had been part of my job previously and was something that I had always enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that having that ability to do that, I think, honestly, this is one thing I really love to ask other mentors is, do you really enjoy reading people's confused sentences? Hmm. Do you, <laughs> because it's not easy, you know, it's not easy when you have someone's writing, you look at it and sometimes it can be, you know, they're try, trying to say something really lovely, but it's all too much. How do you, I know you're a very patient person, so I'd love to know, <laughs> I'd love to know how one can really administer that patience when you come to someone's words that are all over the place. Well, I think that mentoring is most enjoyable when it happens over a period of time and is not just one meeting, because mm -hmm. what you want is to get the feeling of somebody improving, somebody taking on your advice, perhaps, and gaining confidence themselves in order to, to write better. The least enjoyable version of mentoring is a one-off meeting where you, you know, you could, you can help somebody in an hour. You can talk through what they've done and you can make suggestions. But for you as a, as a mentor, it is much more satisfying to then see what, what they do next. What do they do with the discussion that, that you've had with them because you know sometimes the first piece of work you see isn't especially strong and you you really want to see what what they can do with that with that raw material mm -hmm. no absolutely um, and you know i think that a lot of writers out there don't, you know they want to improve they they want to get better at the craft but they they don't really always believe that working with a mentor would really benefit them because they don't feel that they're writers yet or you know how a lot of people think oh well I'm not a writer but they do write and they want to you know improve their their words and how they how they structure them and what what sort of advice would you like to give to writers out there that might be apprehensive to take on a mentor because they don't feel that they're writers yet and what would be the benefit to them if they did take a mentor on I think that's a tricky question mm -hmm. to answer <laughs> because, you know, some people are, are not at the stage where actually the most helpful thing would be to have that kind of mentoring discussion. I think in some ways, I think you probably should be a bit further along where your writing is good, but could be that bit better. Yeah. That That's probably at the, the point where speaking to somebody who publishes themselves can really add something to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are always things that you can learn, no matter what stage you're at as a as a writer. But but for me, I think that 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 point where you're getting towards the point where publication, you're getting close to the point where publication seems like a possibility that's where a mentor can really help you to make those last leaps forward um towards that goal 
Yes, I think you're right. I think it's very important to be at a stage where, you know, you think that your writing just needs that little extra push. And also, I think it's really wonderful to have a mentor to support your endeavors, especially with something like book proposals and, um, you know, an idea for a chapter that, you know, is probably the one that you're going to submit in your book proposal. I think it's wonderful to get another fresh pair of eyes on it with mm -hmm. who has had the experience in the publication world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. And, and another thing I'd love to ask, and this is a difficult question and an uncomfortable one because I don't like to talk about money, but I think that uh, mentoring takes a lot out of a, of a writer or a mentor rather. It, you know, you invest your time, a lot of time reading, editing, spending time, uh, you know, talking to the writer and helping them to understand little, little changes that they can make to make their work better. So obviously this is a lot of professional time. And... Uh, I know it's hard to put a price label on it, but one of the things that I get asked a lot by people is why can't mentoring be cheaper? Why can't it be something that everybody can afford? So one of my questions to you would be, what should, a, you know, maybe a mentor might be, a, a potential mentor might be listening to this. Uh, what do you think a mentor must think of when they're thinking of pricing themselves professionally? Yeah, it is very difficult. And this was a, a complicated thing when I started to offer this service privately. You know, I'd done it previously through the Scottish Book Trust. Mm -hmm. But when I'm, I'm pricing myself for private mentoring, it was a very complicated thing. And I, first of all, I looked around at what other people were charging, and that gave me an idea of, of what this service perhaps was worth. But I also thought, you know, the, the Creative Scotland, Scottish Book Trust give, um, they have a price that you are meant to charge as, or you are meant to be paid as a writer for teaching workshops and mm -hmm. giving events. And I think that mentoring is a pretty similar, in fact, some ways it's a much more intensive um, piece of work that you are doing. And so the the pay, I think, should be somewhere in the same region. Just it's made complicated by the fact that only one person is is paying you for, for the mentoring. So yes, it is expensive, but I think it has to be. Yeah, I believe so. I think that that's the beauty of it. You are taking you know, you're not just sitting with somebody or they're not just reading your work. They're also offering you many years of experience, mm -hmm. many years of contemplative time and energy in perfecting their own work, learning the different tricks and, and the ability to sort of take words and make them into uh, beautiful pieces of art, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you're not going to get anyone else reading your work as closely mm -hmm. as a mentor should until you have an editor at a publisher. Yep, exactly. And I think that it is, and, and you know, the editors have, I think editors are great at the publishing house, obviously, but having someone independent look at your work before it goes really gives you a little bit more confidence that, you know, the work will be at par with, with good writing, as good as it can get, and also depending on the mentor. So I think one has to really 
you know, sort of think of that. And and another la- last question, just like to ask you is, what are the things that someone who is looking for a mentor should look for in a men? I mean, I know it's a very personal thing, but what are the sort of things you do to research the mentor? That's tricky, I suppose, yeah. because there is, I mean, there's a limited number of people who are offering this ideally you would be looking for somebody to work with somebody whose writing you respect or Mm -hmm. whose writing you feel some kind of connection with it doesn't make a lot of sense to go for a writer who's doing something completely different from you now they may well be able to offer very useful advice and help and support but the ideal would be to to go with somebody who is doing something at least close to what you want to be doing. Absolutely. No, that's great advice. And yeah, and just a couple of things to to finish off our podcast. One is that I'm really excited to read your new substack for a song, which is brilliant because music is really important. I mean, I know it is very much to you because mm. you're you're a songwriter, singer, singer songwriter. Uh, but tell me where this idea came from. I know it's totally off the topic, but I'm really intrigued and I want to know more. Well, I had just finished writing a novel which is going to be published next year and part of that novel is about music and in fact I wrote some songs that will form part of the novel Um, so it's quite an unusual book Um, but I was thinking a lot more about music as a result of that and I realized when I finished the book that actually I'd really enjoyed writing about music again, which I hadn't done in in a long time. And so I was, you know, trying to figure out ways that I could do more of that. And this seemed like a a good idea. I'm really interested in music at the, the level of the song, thinking about what makes a song work. And sometimes why is it that I feel a particular connection to a particular song Mm -hmm. and so that's what this substack newsletter is about i take a particular song and i sometimes offer a a bit of background about why it means something to me and then i look at the the song itself at the lyrics at the music and think why what's making this song work so i'm having a a lot of fun Mm -hmm. writing these pieces Yeah, it's really great. And I really enjoyed that because I have never looked, I mean, I love music and I love songs and I know the ones that resonate with me, but looking at them at the deeper levels are really interesting. So I'm looking forward to reading more of it and seeing how it develops. And uh, yeah, and then your new book sounds fascinating. And and so that's out next year? Yeah, it's out uh, next October. So I've just finishing up the editing at, of it at the moment. And of course, publishing is is usually very slow. So um, October 24th, I think, is the okay. publishing date next year for it. And do we have a title that you can share or is that still secret? It's going to be called, there's been a bit of a debate about that, but I think the title is going to be The Beautiful Atlantic Waltz. Oh, wow. Beautiful. As always, the titles of your books are, are really, really very beautiful. 
So thank you so much for sharing that this with us. And, you know, if there's anyone out there looking for mentoring, that I'm going to leave your, um, you know, specifically, especially the kind of work that you do. I think there's loads of people who look to write that way and would really benefit. So I will put a little link at the bottom of this podcast and um, for them, for, you, for anyone to get in touch with you, Maliki. So thank you so much for being here today with us and the craft. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to The Craft with me, Sumaya. If you'd love to learn more about me, my website is sumayaosmani.com. And while you're there, check out Kissa, my writing membership, where you can find flow and flourish as a writer. Inside Kissa is a thriving community of inspiring writers, monthly writing hours, and nourishing and nurturing chapters to see you grow each month and find your true potential as a writer. Doors to Kiss are open four times a year, so if you join the waitlist, you'll be the first to know when the doors open. The link is in the notes below. You can also follow me on Instagram at Sumaya Osmani and send me a message to let me know if you enjoyed this podcast. So, until the next episode of The Craft, stay curious. for listening to The Craft with me, Sumaya. If you'd love to learn more about me, my website is sumayaosmani.com. And while you're there, check out Kissa, my writing membership, where you can find flow and flourish as a writer. Inside Kissa is a thriving community of inspiring writers, monthly writing hours, and nourishing and nurturing chapters to see you grow each month and find your true potential as a writer. Doors to Kiss are open four times a year, so if you join the waitlist, you'll be the first to know when the doors open. The link is in the notes below. You can also follow me on Instagram at Sumaya Osmani and send me a message to let me know if you enjoyed this podcast. So, until the next episode of The Craft, stay curious. <laughs>